Our Lady Guadalupe, patron saint of the pro-life movement, pray for us. We're here with Father Frank, Terry Barber, and myself. Father Frank, uh, I just wish I could go across the fold lines and give you a big holy hug. Amen. <laughs> um, we, uh, you, you are America's Catholic pastor. That's right. Hallelujah. And, uh, and 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 uh, what, what we're experiencing right now is this is our January 6th moment in the Catholic Church, just like uh, President Trump exactly. was, uh, was attacked and falsely accused. <clears throat> Father Pavone is being attacked and falsely accused. And America's rising up. Lay Catholics are sick of this. Father Frank, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, tell us, uh, give us an update, Father, on what's going on with you right now. America loves you. And, uh, and, and Father, and, and, Father, before you continue on this, I want to just get the record straight right up front. I think it was 1988 before you were ordained. I met you through the St. Joseph Seminary with Dun- and Dunwoody with Father, uh, soon-to-be Father John Bokran. And I never, all those 35 years that I've known of you, I want to go on record as saying that you've been a stellar person, a stellar priest when you were ordained, all the pro-life work, all those decades of work of saving babies. <clears throat> I'm just going to say it right up front before you even explain yourself. I'm asking everybody right now to pull out their checkbook. Yeah, I am. Right now, because Jess and I are writing $1,000 checks today. Yes, right, correct. To Priest for Life. Why? Because we support not just Father Frank, from what the Priest for Life, we support the babies. This is all about the babies, okay? Not about Father Frank. And I want everybody to realize that he's going to need the support to continue this work. Because I don't believe for one second after reading your letter, and I want everybody to read it, that you're going to stop helping saving babies for the rest of your life. You're going to be doing that. So, Father, I'm going to turn it over to you. But I want to prep everybody to get to your website because on December 18th, you wrote a very good letter that I maybe I mean, there's a lot of questions from this letter that you answered for me. And I just like you to verbalize and tell our listeners what's going on with Frank, Father Frank Pavone's situation. The real story. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. And, um, you know, so much of our audience already knows me. And uh, and therefore, you know, you know what yeah. we do. I think we've got to simply turn the tables here. Amen. It's not we who have to give an explanation. They do. Amen. And when we say they, I go right up to the Holy Father, um, the Bishop of Amarillo, who's been giving me problems for for over a decade. Any other bishops in the church who oppose what I do, and there are a number of them, although we have... We have a vast amount of support, including right up to the top of the church. Uh, and I've spoken with Pope Francis several times about our work. Good. He has in, he's encouraged it, Good. especially the worldwide work of healing that we do, healing the wounds of those that have had abortions. So this is really a, it's a mixed picture and it's a confusing mm-hmm. picture. And what I want to say from the outset is no matter what explanations I give, I think we are all owed a very good explanation from the Bishop of Amarillo, from the Apostolic Nuncio, and from Pope Francis as to what in the world is going on here. Amen. They have to explain themselves because, you know, Terry they yeah. and Jesse, they use these vague things. Yes. You know, back, back um, what was it now? Back about 11 years ago, mm-hmm. there were some of them that, starting with Bishop Zurich, who were vaguely accusing us of financial, I remember 
discrepancies. Yes. Did they did they ever identify specifically no. any financial discrepancy? No. And then they dropped that real fast when the Vatican itself came out with a report that said our finances were in good order. And <laughs> and, and and when and when the our, our independent auditing agency gave us year after year after year uh, a clean audit like they had a that didn't work, you yeah. know. And at that point they were trying to discredit Priest for Life as an organization. Prior to that, what they tried to do was to take me out of the work by simply, they said, oh, well, let's just give him a parish assignment and that should solve this problem. Now, what was the problem? The problem for them was the influence we have over the pro-life movement, particularly in the Catholic community. Well, they want to control that. They don't want some priest, Father Frank, to have more influence than they do, but we have that influence. You know, what was happening was they would have these diocesan training seminars, you know, for around election time, you know, and they talk about their message of faithful citizenship. And then people in those meetings all over the country were standing up invoking me, and they were showing them our voter guide. They said, oh, but Father Frank says this. Amen. That. And they got tired of that, and they said, wait a minute, am I the bishop of this diocese, or is it Father Frank? Exactly. So, and, so, and so, but the Catholic pro-lifers were running with the message. Yes. And they're still running with the Amen. message. Why? Because the message is true. It resonates with them. We've got to stop the killing of babies. Amen. There's nothing more fundamental than that. So it's a matter of control. That's all there is to it. So they couldn't get me to leave the leadership of Priests for Life and go back into a parish. They couldn't discredit Priests for Life as an organization. So here's what they did. Tell us. They said, if we can't take Father Frank out of Priests for Life, and we can't take Priests for Life away from Father Frank, then we have to take the Father away from Frank. Yep. Uh, Makes sense. I can see that uh, approach. Yeah, they're they're, they're not going to give up. So this is only a way. It's not because of anything wrong that I've done. This is only a way for them to blunt the pervasive strong influence that Priest for Life has had and continues to have, just like you just testified. Yep. We were we got connected back from my seminary days. Yes, sir. And, you know, there are priests, in fact, there are bishops today who grew up in their seminary days on the teachings of Priest for Life and, and the literature we give out. And we've had a profound influence, and some of the bishops don't like that. And again, hey, listen, that's not my problem. Father, can I just make one comment? Bishop Joseph Strickland, who has been a big supporter of yours, right on the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful, he tweeted this, and I don't know of any other bishops. I looked. I couldn't find where the line of bishops are, but this bishop said, Bishop Strickland said, the blasphemy is that this holy priest is canceled while an evil president promotes the denial of truth, the murder of the unborn at every turn, and then he hits hard, Father, I don't know how long he'll be a bishop. He said, Vatican officials promote immorality and denial of the deposit of faith, and priests promote gender confusion, devastating lives, and then he uses a strong word, evil. Now, give me your thoughts about Bishop Strickland. Is there, hasn't he been a supporter for a priest for life for years? Yes, in fact, you had him on one time with me. I was very appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. I've spoken in his diocese. Uh, it wasn't that long ago we were together at a pro-life banquet for Right to Life of East Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, his close um, 
right-hand man, Deacon Keith yep. Fournier, yep. has been a, a good friend of mine for decades. And, and Deacon Keith is, um, you know, out there, you know, rooting for us as well. Yeah. No, so the bishop has been one of the, and we get a lot of support from a lot of bishops and people can read about this on our website. Sure. We've got all kinds of letters there uh, from bishops all over the place. And Bishop Strickland has been one of them yep. uh, because he sees, uh, again, that this is not, you know, we don't proclaim the pro-life message or the message of political responsibility because it's given to us from some church authority. It's given to us from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, you know, the gospel is not some kind of secret knowledge that only certain clergy have uh, and that we got to go begging for them. Oh, could you please give us a, some of the secret knowledge? No, Jesus said, I have spoken openly to all the world. The Pope doesn't have any more pages of the Bible than we do. He doesn't have any more pages of the catechism than we do. Uh, it's all out in the open. And you know what? Tell us. God has seen to it that we can understand it. Yeah. He, he gives us he, he gives it to us in plain language and he gives it to us also through the the gifts of understanding of the Holy Spirit and it's like hey guys there's no secret about this we know what we have to do let's encourage each other in doing it instead of trying to impede each other amen 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 father yeah. I, I see a similarity between uh your quote <laughs> your cancellation and father Altman's cancellation one thing that both of you have in common is that both of you are canceled by bishops for speaking, well, yeah, the Pope's a bishop, uh, for speaking against uh, the Democrat pa Party. Uh, That's what it is. That, that, you guys poke the bear. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, that's the golden, that's the, 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 the Frodo's ring for a lot of the people in this, even for a lot of the bishops. I mean, a lot of money comes in from the Democrat Party into the bishops' coffers for their social justice programs. And I think you poked the bear once too many times. That's what, that's a big picture. Yeah, that, that is a big part of it. Uh, you know, they've complained about my criticism of the Democrat Party. They've complained about my support for President Trump. Right. Um, none of that is going to change. Uh, the Democrat Party deserves more criticism now than ever before. Um, in fact, I'll go so far as to say that right now, not a single Democrat should be in any political office uh, in this nation. The party has got to go. They've shown that they're not going to reform. So the only alternative is they, they need to go out of existence. They need to go into political oblivion. And uh, I wouldn't have always said that. Um, there were times when we had dozens of uh, pro-life Democrats in the Congress uh, uh, and we worked with them. But that's that's not the situation anymore. And there was a time in American politics where the disputes between the parties were were matters of policy. It's not that way anymore either. It's matters of principle. Uh, it's matters of, 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 of the defense of life. It's matters of uh, even if America is good or if freedom and security are worth fighting for. I mean, these people have got to go. They, they, they are a threat to America. There's nothing. And if the bishops don't realize that, I've read in a couple of open letters to the bishops reasoning this very clearly from uh, the catechism, from the Vatican Council, and from common sense, and urging them very respectfully, please speak up. We've got to change this political situation. They're not listening. Yep. Father, we're going to take a quick break, but I want everybody to know all this is documented on Father Frank Pavone's website. Also, when we come back, Father, I want to ask you to talk about a challenge that you made to the bishops, to the Vatican, and that I'm going to say Virgin Most Powerful would rather, would we'd be happy to acquiesce to help in that challenge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed and we're too anointed to be disappointed. We'll be right back.
Jesse, before you uh, ask the question, I just got a text from a bishop. Uh, let me see if I got his name right. Bishop Joseph Strickland. He's, pray, he's praying for us right now. He must be listening. I'm laughing. I'm serious. The it just came in on wow. the break. But Father Frank, you mentioned a que uh, in your letter. Can I want everybody to keep reading this letter because you answer a lot of the questions that people are going to ask. But you said you have a challenge to anyone at the Vatican. Can you articulate what challenge you want to make and to clarify your situation, please? I'd like somebody who's involved with my case and who was involved in this decision to come with me on a broadcast mm -hmm. and walk through step by step how this all transpired. Uh, I don't want to presume to speak for anybody else. Yeah. Uh, I don't know everything. Um, and I'm humble enough to learn things that I don't know. Amen. Um, Terry and Jesse and all of our audience, I'm going to say something to you now that is absolutely true. This process has been so lacking in transparency. Yep. Um, it is totally offensive. I, a couple of years ago, I said to the congregation, remember, we've been battling this for 21 years. Yeah. This is not something that happened this weekend. Okay. This is something that's been going on for the last 21 years. Wow. And, and I have said, I said a, a couple of years ago to the congregation, I, 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 I got a cell phone here and I said, could somebody please call me? Could somebody please talk to me? Yeah, really. You no, know, Pope, Pope Francis talks about accompaniment, you yeah. know, and, and, and I, I echo that teaching. There's authority in the church, mm -hmm. but let, let's think about it this way. If you want somebody who's under your authority to obey you, yes. that obedience needs to be the fruit of encouragement. Yep. It needs to be the fruit of accompaniment. Yep. It needs to be the fruit of a pastoral approach that says, I, my relationship with you is more than your boss. My relationship with you is your brother, uh, your fellow disciple. We are in communio in the church. And the Pope understands this, and this is why he speaks in this way, that you know we've got to be with the people that we lead and guide and shepherd. Well, that's true for the bishops, too. It's true for the Pope. You need to be with those people. And if you want them to follow you, and especially if you feel like maybe they're not willing to follow you, meet to them face to face. Put your arm around their shoulder. Ask them questions. Do you have pain that's keeping you from following my, my guidance? Do you have concerns? I will give you all the time you need to come to the point where you can say a yes, because the guidance I am giving you, the orders I am giving you are for your own good, for the good of the church. And we're all members of the church. So let's accompany one another through the steps that lead to obedience. Now, <laughs> the process I've been through has not been that. Oh. It's been tyrannical sledgehammers. Yeah. Wow. Tyrannical sledgehammers. They didn't even tell me about this dismissal. Yeah, that's brutal. Way. I can't believe. Father, at this moment, right now that we're on broadcasting, have you gotten any communication, written communication, about this situation in your priesthood? Yes or no? Or a phone no. call? <laughs> no. Nothing? Or, or, or a phone call? No. Nope. The phone's working, by the way. It's been ringing all day. I, I know. I bet <laughs> it's it working. I think Archbishop uh, Pierre, I think our nuncio there, who sent out that note to all the bishops, I think I think he's got a working telephone in his uh, oh, in his no. office. I think. Yeah. So so the challenge that I issued was, hey, listen, honestly, this is this is not a trap. 
Let's have a broadcast for the good of the people of God. Let's sit down and let's walk through how this came about. I'll give you all the time you need to explain uh, your points, but I'll make my points too, and I'll ask you questions uh, that I want an answer to. Um, And, um, uh, you know, so my first question would be this. Could I ask my first question? Uh, But I would say, yeah. Peace for Life encourages priests to preach from the scriptures the sanctity of the unborn and the need to protect them. Well said. Priests for Life runs the largest healing ministry in the world, healing the wounds of those who've had abortions. We help priests to extend that healing, to publicize the healing retreats, to publicize the alternatives to abortion. We urge pastors to put in their church bulletin uh, uh, the number of the of the pregnancy center hotlines. Let's see, what else do we do? We, we oh, encourage yeah. people to, to, to take up responsible voting, elect pro-life candidates. Exactly. We urge people to, we help the Vatican uh, with their international work and at the United Nations and the Holy See mission to the UN. Priest for Life helps them to operate day by day. Yes. So my first first question to these, uh, whoever would talk to me from the bishops and whatnot, or from the Vatican is exactly which elements of this work do you not want me to do? Am I saving too many babies? Are there too many prayer campaigns? Too many prayer vigils? Maybe are there too many souls being being absolved of the sin of abortion? Is that your problem? Too many healing retreats? What is it? Too many pro-life candidates being elected? Uh, too much advocacy in the United Nations side by side with you guys at the Holy See? What's the problem? They need to tell us. I've been explaining all day. I've been in nonstop interviews all day, and they're going to be going until 11 o'clock tonight. Wow. <laughs> but I'm not the one that needs to do the explaining. Yeah. They are. And, 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 you know, we're, I'm not holding my breath either. Father, CNA uh, has an article about your situation. And they said, you know, they went to several force sources to get the letter. But they're saying that you're being dismissed in the clerical state for blasphemous communications on social media. And, yeah. Yeah. Tell us, I mean, what is this accusation about? Yeah, which that's my question for them. Which, which, which uh, statements are you talking about? I don't know which ones they're now, talking now about. Now, I know this. That we, Father, I just have to mention this: that when you uh, had a baby on an altar at your uh, at your um, office, and that you gave a, a burial, there's a priest who's going to be calling in in about eight minutes, who said it's going to say that this was pretty standard in the early church that they did this and then ah. did burials, and I found that was fascinating. So let him tell that. But my question is, that seemed to upset a lot of people. Uh, am I onto something? I don't know why it only started upsetting them just before the 2016 election. And yeah, that's you got it. The- yeah. <laughs> because, because I had been doing this for years prior to that. That's right. I had always been showing aborted babies. Yes. I had always been burying aborted babies. It's out there on our website. This was nothing new. new. They only started complaining about it when two circumstances prevailed. And Tell people us. need to understand this. Tell us. Number one, it was days before the election of 2016, and in my message showing the unborn baby, the reason I was showing the baby was to say to the voters, you can protect children like this. This is the victim. You can be their defender by voting Mm pro-life. That was my message. Mm -hmm. That's my message today. I can never apologize for that message, and neither neither do do you. Um, The second condition that prevailed was this. Just a matter of weeks before I made that video, yes, I told the Bishop of Amarillo that I no longer wanted to be in his diocese mm-hmm. and that I had a 
um, supportive bishop who was ready to receive me into his diocese. Good. The Bishop of Colorado Springs at the time, mm -hmm. Michael Sheridan, yep. who since, since passed away. I remember. Um, he didn't respond to me. Bishop Zurich in Hero did not respond to that request. The only response I got was, well, you can't ex-cardinate now because I've penalized you for showing the aborted baby in the video. Wow. It's like, wait a second. Is your problem the video? Yeah. Or is your problem that I was trying to get out from under your authority so that you couldn't restrict me anymore? Yeah. Great question. Mm. Great question. F Father, you know something I've noticed that y you're only allowed to be, a, you know, a Catholic priest and participate in politics if you're on the left. Yeah. And that, that, that I mean, that's, that's a fact. A fact. A and that's the fact, a fact is, the fact that, this kind of a big picture view is that I believe that the Vatican stepped in and they're trying to dismiss you because because you're pro-Trump, and I think the Vatican did not like Trump. We know oh, that, that that's clear. a fact. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and the USCCB, a lot of them in the USCCB don't like your politics because your politics are based on morality. Your politics are based on the catechism of the Catholic Eternal truths. And, and, I, and I think that some people said we have to silence him before the 2024 elections. That's kind of a big picture where I'm coming from. Yes, yes. Well, you know... Um... Uh, uh, th this is so true um, because we've seen along the way of this 20 year battle uh, them trying to silence me just before some other elections as well. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But the, but the fact of the matter is that um, the church owes a great deal of gratitude to president Trump. And I say that's the church yeah. and the pro-life movement, first of all, we would not have the reversal that's, of Roe v. Wade had it not been for him. Amen. Uh, and, and, and not only that, but we wouldn't have the, the, the religious liberty. We we won some big religious liberty victories in June of 2022, along with Roe v. Wade. Now, Roe v. Wade got all the attention. But um, as the months go on, we're going to be unpacking more and more the religious liberty victories that we won at the court. And this impacts the ability of the church to do her job. Um, this would not have happened without President Trump. And also during his administration, he did more for religious liberty, both inside the United States and abroad than any other president. Uh, these bishops who have criticized him, they owe him an apology. Uh, they owe him an apology like today would be a good, good time to start uh, because the church would not have the freedom that we're exercising today uh, were it not for Donald J. Trump. Father Frank, I got a uh, I got a text from a guy who works at the attorney's office. He's an attorney. He said, "I I work in this pro, uh, in the prosecutor's office. If you bring a charge against someone, you better bring the evidence, the burden of proof. Where's the evidence? Are you, I mean, where is it? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. When I say to people, I don't know. They're gonna say, "Oh, come on. There was a process. There was a process." No. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how shallow this process was. Um, uh, biased. It's it's a one-sided narrative. They have they they wrote this story a long time ago. People say, oh, it's, one another reporter earlier today said, were you jarred by the the decision? I said, no, not at all. He says, you know what? My question is, I think I put it in that letter, Terry. Yeah. I said, why did it take them so long? Exactly. You did say that. <laughs> you did. Say I know that. they. I know they've been trying to do this for decades, and it's like, hey, guys, come on. Yeah. If you if they were more honest and straightforward, if they were more manly and adult, you know, they, they would have done this a long time ago, and they would have had specific reasons. Yeah. 
But they're not willing to admit the real reasons. And that's why you'll hear this vague stuff about blasphemous comments and, oh, oh, he's disobedient to his bishop. I have a letter and you'll see it on my website. Yeah. As you said, I have the whole history of this, you know, uh, uh, documented a letter from the vicar for clergy of the Amarillo diocese. Yes. Saying and he said issued this letter publicly. It's posted there mm -hmm. saying I have done everything they've ever asked me to do. I have complied wow. and obeyed. Awesome. So wow. it's like, hey, guys, see what they mean. Let me tell you what they mean by no. by I've been disobedient to, to my bishop. And of this of this part here, I'm proud. He has tried to make me walk away from defending these babies and yeah. doing this pro-life work. I cannot do no that. way. I, I, I respect him. I respect yeah, his authority. I acknowledge the authority of the church. I cannot step away from speaking out against abortion and defending these babies. Well, St. Thomas Aquinas would agree with you on that. That's not a order that's uh, legitimate in my opinion. It's an unjust opinion. order. It's an unjust order. Thomas talks about that. We come back more with Father Frank Favone, Priest for Life. Don't forget, on the break time, get your checkbook out. Write a check for Priest for Life. They can use it to help save babies. Stay with us. Right. Amen. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. We have Father Frank Pavone on and also Father Dave Nix is joining us. He has some thoughts about Father Frank. Father Dave, you're a warrior for pro-life. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How you doing? Well, uh, we're blessed by the best, and we've wanted to have your comments because you did talk to me yesterday about this. And so welcome to to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Frank Pavone, Father Dave Nix. Father Dave, I, I, I want to thank you for the—I saw the video you made um, uh, about me and about the, the, the question of the baby on the altar, which I'm sure you're going to address now. But beyond that, you know, you and I have met, and, and I just appreciate your, your priesthood and your work and your advocacy. God bless you, Father. God bless you. Thanks for all you do, Father. So give us your thoughts, Father. Dave? Yeah, so, well, you know, uh, a certain somebody who will remain unnamed said to ABC in Spain, when a priest gets involved in politics, it's not good. The priest is a pastor. He should help people make the right choices, accompany them, but don't be a politician. If you want to be a politician, leave the priesthood and become a politician. So I would say that any time that we pro-lifers have been cornered into thinking that pro-life is a political attitude, we've already lost the argument. And here's why. Imagine uh, you're, you're out in California, right, Terry? Correct. All right. So imagine, imagine Coronado Island. You got a bunch of these Navy SEALs. Imagine somehow uh, they found out that there was a factory with a conveyor belt with a bunch of three-year-olds that were slowly brought across it just constantly, and they bonked them over the head with a sledgehammer and killed them. Oh. But for some reason, there was a law you could kill two and three-year-olds uh, in all of this. Imagine a group of Navy SEALs in San Diego who finds out about that. They find out that there's some law protecting the people bonking the kids over the head with a sledgehammer. How many of those guys do you think would stand down and say, well, we haven't been given the green light to go in there, or there is a loophole law that says we can't, or worse, imagine if somebody said to those Navy SEALs, well, why would you want to go in and stop that? That would be political. Could anybody, even the leftist media, would, would even the leftist media, maybe give them five more years since they're promoting child trafficking openly now, but would even the leftist media at this point dare to say to those SEALs, 
oh, that would be political for you to go in there. I hope not. And so this is where, and, and I really do believe most pro-lifers, mm-hmm. we haven't let it sink from our our heads to our hearts that this these actually are children. We all know in our mind, all of us pro-lifers know that unborn babies are babies, but we haven't actually let it set to our hearts. So so this notion, do not let politics, do not let pro-life become part of politics, many people would hold that line against Father Frank Pavone. It would seem like what I'm saying is, um, is actually against Father Pavone that he shouldn't make pro-life politics. But here's the thing. When you are saving children from slaughter, it's it's biology. It's not politics. Exactly. So anybody that would accuse Father Frank Pavone of politics when he's doing simple biology um, is probably not pro-life and um, certainly doesn't have the right moniker attached, namely politics, for a matter of biology. Well said, Father Dave. Father Dave, address the issue of uh, Father Pavone's Many his, uh, his detractors. Yeah. Well, the, the, well, they uh, they had, uh, um, attack him for saying, oh, can you have an aborted baby and on camera and stuff, and how can you do something like that? What would you say about that? You you talked to me yesterday. You said something yeah. that historical that just was blew me powerful. away. Yep. Yeah, where I, where I went on my video is, you know, we traditional priests, don't really look at the unborn as uh, martyrs because there was an 18th century pope that said you're excommunicated because you're depriving that baby of the beatific vision. Um, so I hold to that. I can't remember his name. He's, he's quoted in a Father Wolf talk. But this um, pope says that you're excommunicated and it's worse to kill an unborn baby than an adult because you're depriving that baby of the beatific vision because the baby can't be baptized. Well, they didn't have a lot of loopholes back then on, on this stuff. They just said if you weren't baptized, no beatific vision. Now, they said those babies go to limbo, which is a paradise, but obviously it's not as good as heaven. Now, I'm open to the possibility these babies are dying in odium fide, which is Latin for in hatred of the faith, now that there's like an instrumentation of abortion much greater than there was 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. But here's what I said on the video is um, half of the people that are criticizing Father Pavone for having that baby on, whether it was a table or an altar, is kind of irrelevant to me because if it was just a table, all the more reason there's no problem to have an aborted baby to promote pro-life voting. Um, but let's say it is an altar. I mean, we put in the West and the East, we put the relics of martyrs on altars. Wow. So it's just, it's very hypocritical for like Catholic news agency came out when he did that and said, Father Frank Pavone, head of the controversial pro-life group, Priest for Life, came under fire money for a video of him uh, standing behind an altar with an aborted baby in an effect to support Donald Trump. And then the Archdiocese of New York said to Catholic News Agency when he did that, um, he said, the use of an aborted baby as a prop is absolutely appalling and deserves to be repudiated by all of us who consider ourselves to be pro-life in the fullest meaning of that word. So that's people that are putting manners ahead of the fact we have the greatest genocide and the greatest slaughter in history. And I would bet you Catholic News Agency and the Director of Public Policy for the Archdiocese of New York all put those aborted babies in heaven as martyrs. Well, guess what? If that's the case, they have absolutely no right to criticize a priest for putting a martyr on an altar because that's what we do. We put yeah. martyrs on altars. Gotcha. Mm. All right, we've we Father uh, Dave. I've got Father Charles Murr calling in too. So you made your point, oh. and I appreciate that. Anything before you uh, you leave? I'm happy to hear so. No, thanks for having me. Keep thanks, Father Dave. Work, Father All right, that was that was pure red meat from Father Dave. Dave Nix. Yeah. Now I want to bring in yeah. Father Charles Murr who we've had on our network for years. He's a very holy man, and I've known him for decades also. 
Father Charles Murr, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. You're on with Father Frank Pavone, Jess Romero, and Terry Barber. Great. Hello, Terry and Jesse, and hello, Father Frank. Father, it's good to hear from you again. I hope that you're all... Hey, listen, I just wanted to give two words of encouragement to you. First of all, and I want, I want people to know this, I met you in the, in the late 80s, early 90s in New York City. <laughs> and and after, it's true, it's, we're, we're getting old. And I remember <laughs> being impressed that this was a good priest. And you know what? That was then. I've got to tell you that I've come to another conclusion today. Yes. You are an outstanding priest, an outstanding mm. priest. And I'm very proud to know you, and I think anybody who does know you can say the same thing. And if they can't, too bad for them. Too bad for them. That's, they're, they're the ones missing out, not you. Father Frank, I want you to remember something. A, a, a motto I've used an awful lot in my life. In Egitini non carburundum. Okay. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we translate as first pagans. Well, uh, uh, let me put it this way. <laughs> Don't let the jerks get you down. <laughs> now, you can think you're off illegitimate your, for your, on your own. Okay. Listen, Father Frank, you're, you're a great priest. You're loved by many people. Amen. You continue. We, we, we think that you're wonderful and want you to continue and be strong in the, in the priesthood, the real one that they can never take away from you. Amen. You know that. Okay. Well, Father, I, I, you know, that encouragement is very heartfelt and, and I receive that. And, you know, I, I've said to people in my, uh, in my statements about all this, uh, I am called by God to be a priest and a pro-life leader, yep. and I'm not going to walk away from either one of those things. Thanks be to God. You know what? That, and then you just you're just confirming what I just got done saying. You're a great man. You're a great priest. I, 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 it's a it's a joy and an honor to know you and count on my prayers. And if, listen, if there's anything that I can ever do for you, you let me know. You know that, okay? Thank you. I sure will. That was Father Charles God Murr. You, Father, you're a good man to call in, Father. Thank you. Wow. Father Frank, I know these two priests represent a small amount, but I want to give you another yes. Norbertine priest who you know quite well. He's part of Priests for Life, and I want to give you what his comments are. He says, uh, he's basically saying that, um, you know, we need to pray and fast for Father Frank. I, I think more than Father Frank for the babies also, because it's all about the babies, really. But here's what he said. He said, I'm like, he says, suffice to, uh, to say this. He says, for now, that the demons hate Father Frank Pavone because, here it comes, he, of all leaders in the church, is, in my opinion, doing the most to take away their baby blood sacrifices. So again, pray and fast for Father Frank. The demons hate that prayer and fasting. Jesse, am I on to something with Father? Yeah, well, Father, just like Father's basically poked two bears, and this is why all this is happening He's poked the satanic bear because abortion is a demonic industry. It's a diabolical industry. It's a blood sacrifice to Satan. Now, the demonic industry uses people. They've annexed themselves to the Democrat Party, which is powerful. I mean, they, they basically run all offices in this country, pretty much. And Father's also poked not only the spiritual, but the natural with his with his boldness uh, and his pro life message, and just consistently being a warrior for those babies, and so Father is is basically uh, at at this point 
awakened the spiritual and the natural, and they're both joined together to go after him. Yeah, he's got a one-two punch, but you know what? I, I can tell you right now, Father Frank, priests have two guardian angels from what I understand, and uh, your guardian angel must be working overtime to protect you, and all of us here are <laughs> listeners. No, I'm serious. It's yeah, the truth. Yeah. The unemployment no, no, yeah, right. rate's too high. Put them to work, gentlemen. Yeah. And I really think that on the supernatural level, you're going to have prayers from our listeners oh. and from people around the world to support the ministry. Like Again, never before. Father, I, I, yeah. I don't mean personal. You. I'm talking about the mission that God's called you to do, to help yes. save babies. Well, this is about the mission. This is about us, uh, not just me. Because, you know, those who oppose us in the church, think for a moment about what they're trying to do. They're trying to punish me in this way because they're trying to discourage priests like the three that, that we just heard from, yeah. right? Yeah. The two, uh, two in person, one by that message. They're trying to, to, to intimidate all kinds of other priests who are speaking out about politics, who are speaking out, and they're going to say, you want to, ha- you want this to happen to you too? Yep. Uh, they try priests who will go out and pray at the abortion mills. Priests who will be, you know, saying abortion is the number one issue. Um, you know what? The, the, I, I put in another post that you probably saw. Yes. This is an ecclesiastical abortion. Yes. Mm. We want to talk about that when we come back. Hang on. Okay. Take a quick, because that is a great point. I did see that. Wow. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show with, with Father Frank Pavone, Priest for Life. Hey, if you haven't written that check, get over there right now at this break time. Priest for Life, write your end of the year check for them. Yes. They need yes. to have the support to continue the saving of babies. This doesn't go to Father Frank Pavone. I know his lifestyle. He has a very simple life, folks. Send it, Priest for Life. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse, I'm so excited that we have Father Frank here, that he's willing to stand up and say, wait a minute, I have nothing to hide, okay? And I want people to go to his website, www.fatherfrank, and just put Fr Frank Pavone, and uh, it's all documented there. You have, and you know what, Father, you've been documenting your work for decades, and you've been recommending people to do that. I want people to make sure they read your letter, because much of what we've covered, and there's much more in this letter that to cover, but we ended our last segment, uh, and you were going to break something with us. Can you share that with us, please? Yeah, this, this is an ecclesiastical abortion. Um, I've been a threat uh, to the establishment, if you will. Uh, and again, we get a lot of support from a lot of bishops and from a lot of people at the Vatican. But uh, some of them feel threatened because they don't control priests for life. They don't control our money. They don't control our influence. And we have influence over the um, Catholic pro-life uh, movement that they want to take and they want to they want to have it themselves. So we're growing. And despite all their efforts to snuff us out in the past, we keep growing and we keep growing. And uh, as a matter of fact, we're growing as a result of what just happened the other day. So so it's like they have That's Like I said before, I'm surprised it took them so long to do this. And it's like, OK, you know, uh, uh, it's an abortion. Now, here's the difference. When a baby is aborted, the baby can't speak anymore. When we get aborted in this particular way. Our voice only gets louder and stronger. Amen. Well said. The other, and the other image I used was if the Pope wants to close the door in my face to the priesthood, 
I'm not going to go off, and I can pledge this to you guys, you know it already, and to our audience. I'm not going to go off to some other church. I'm not going to go be a Protestant minister or anything like that. If a door closes in my face, guess who's going to be standing on the other side of that door until it opens again? Me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be knocking at that door. Sometimes the people have been saying, oh, there's no appeal from this. Well, canonically, obviously, there's nobody above the pope. Right. But you appeal to the pope yeah. to change his mind. Right. You appeal to the pope to, to say, hey, let me back in. I want to be a priest. I've been a priest for 34 years. I want to serve the church as a priest. And if he doesn't listen, guess what? There's going to be another pope after him. Well said. I thought of that myself, Father. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me, you've been under three popes. Did you, did you receive any of this pushback, this flack under John Paul II's papacy, Pope Benedict XVI's papacy, or has it only basically been under Pope Francis' papacy? Or, or are you getting this pushback from all three papacies? Well, I had the pleasure of uh, uh, knowing John Paul II, as you know, right. I worked under him at the Vatican in the pro-life office at that time. Uh, so I knew John Paul pretty well, and he he strongly encouraged our work. And yet, and I knew Pope, and I met Pope Benedict too, and and, and a number of times. But the the and Pope Francis too. But the but the the pushback started even under the papacy of John Paul II, but it wasn't from John Paul II. It was from some of these bishops that don't like what we're doing. And uh, that was phase one. Cardinal Egan said, oh, you can't do priest for life anymore. You got to do parish work. And I respectfully said, wait a minute, this is about my vocation. Can we at least talk about it? Hey, guys, he wouldn't even let me talk about yeah, that's, it. To that's him. not good. Not even a conversation. No. So what are the bishops doing? You're supposed to be nurturing us as priests. Could you please help me live my vocation? Exactly. No. <laughs> Just the opposite. Not the benefit of a conversation. Yeah. The people have to understand this. They think, oh, oh you know, you know, what's going through this big process? And not the benefit of a conversation. And um, so the pushback started then. The Vatican helped me. Uh, under Benedict, the pushback came from Patrick Zurich of Amarillo, um, who has a lot of, a lot, a lot of, lot, it's caused a lot of problems. And uh, the Vatican helped me even with that. They ruled in my favor a couple of times. It's only now under Pope Francis that it ends up being an ecclesiastical abortion. Father, wow. your wow. point about um, John Paul II saying, I remember him saying this, that you're doing the most important work. I can follow, I've been following you for 34, 36 years, I've known you, and everything has been uh, just full steam ahead, saving babies. I mean, you know, you have Bernard Nathanson you had in, influenced, you've had uh, all these different famous people that have converted into the faith. I just really question, and I'm just being honest with you, that there are people in our church who really don't have a pro-life mindset that somehow their conscience is bothered by what you're doing. Am I onto something? There you go, Terry. Yes, you hit it. You nailed it. I mean, if they, if they only knew, I mean, I, I, I want to make a plea here. People that maybe even are on the fence yeah. about me because of the criticisms and whatnot. I want to appeal to you with the words of Pope Francis. He said in one of his messages for World Communications Day recently, that we've got to learn to listen to one another. We might have an, a, a preconceived notion about a person or a group or a ministry, but then if we take time to sit down with them, get to know them, visit with them, listen to them, 
we may be challenged and surprised right. that our view about them is going to change. Mm -hmm. May I appeal, first of all, to our audience that's strongly with us already, thank you. We're moving full steam ahead or full sheen ahead, as you, as you <laughs> said. <That's right>. uh, <laughs> but secondly, for those who are on the fence or even maybe we have some people listening who are against us. Yeah. Please, and I've made this appeal to also to the, some of the bishops that don't like what we do. Would you please get to know us a little better? Please take some time, read, listen to my, my postings on the website, my sermons. I'm an open book. As a matter of fact, I have a daily diary. That's right. Video, video diary. And in fact, I want to challenge, I want to challenge, starting with the, the bishops who are against us, okay? Mm -hmm. Make a video. Do what I do. Make a video each day. And tell us what you did from the moment you woke up till the moment you went to bed. Terry and Jesse and, and our all listening audience, yes. I have been doing that continuously. You can look at priestforlife.org slash daily dash diary. Daily diary. Daily dash diary. You will see video every day. and Not a day is, is missed in the whole year. You can go back a year and a half. Every single day, what did Father Frank do with his time, with his resources, with his energy? Uh, everything I did, yep. everything from morning to night. And I think that level and the reason I do it is that I'm a leader that many people support. You have been urging your listeners right. to support us during this very program. And you always do. I do. And we're grateful to that. When we ask for people's support, they deserve to know how we're using that support. They deserve to know if they support me in my leadership role, as many people now are doing despite what the Vatican is trying to do. They deserve to know how I'm exercising that leadership. They deserve to know what I, a public figure, you know, you got to sacrifice some of your privacy. That's it. And, and that's just that just comes with the territory. And I am I am making a, a you know, and the other reason is to, you know, it's a it's a it's a. Uh, it's a proactive defense against my enemies uh, because people want to criticize me. You mentioned about my lifestyle. Yep, I know it. Uh, this is this is not to brag. Fact. My salary is the lowest uh, in priest for life. Fourteen, not forty. Fourteen thousand dollars is my is my annual salary. No surprise. Now, I I, I I don't know how many priests. I don't know how many of our listeners uh, would want to match their their salary with that. And this is not bragging. It's just a fact. And 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 it's not complaining either. No. It's not complaining. <laughs> it's just to, to to counteract the 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 enemies out there yeah. who will try to find any and every excuse they can to tarnish someone's reputation. Why? Not because they have anything against me personally, but because they want to blunt the influence, like we said before, that Priests for Life is having over the over the over the pro-life movement and over the especially the catholic pro-life movement so that's um okay hey father if you ever weird. were a, a parish priest your income would would, would uh, go way up i'll just tell you that right now <laughs> all right father, father Frank, yeah I, father what, what what about the challenge you have to anyone at the vatican what, what what's, what's the challenge okay the challenge, come on the program. Come yeah. on, come on the program and let's talk this out. Let's let's show the people yeah. in a transparent way yeah. how this came about. You want to talk about things Father Frank did wrong? Tell us what the blasphemous communications were. Tell us what the disobedience was all about. Uh, let's hash it out. Let's go, let's guide people step by step. I'm an open book. I am an open book. Let's talk about it. But they don't want to do that. Yeah, and I'll I'll just say right on the front that Virgin Most Powerful Radio, Jess and I agree, we would be happy to broadcast that 
dialogue because it needs live. to be done. Live, you <laughs> yeah. bet. Father, Father who, who, by the way, just, I'm just curious, who ordained you? Who was the bishop that ordained you? Uh, a hero of the unborn, yeah, Cardinal uh, John I remember. of New York. Yes, yeah. yes, of course. Got it. Rest what a in great peace. Man. And you know what? what Someone a, just said we got to pray man. for asking him to intercede on Father Frank's prov- uh, yeah, uh, really, behalf right really, now. Yeah. And we do need to storm heaven with prayers and sacrifices. But I just want to make one time, one more appeal. It's the end of the year. Many of us are going, hey, who are we making checks out to our donations? Because if, you know, the IRS, it's the end of the year time when we write our checks. Again, go to priestforlife.org. Get a check out to them. Jess and I are writing big checks. Why? Because we believe in the work. Not just Father Frank. I mean, I've seen the work they've been doing for decades. Thousands and thousands of babies are breathing because of their ministry, okay? So if you want to make a a generous donation to support the most important work on the planet that St. John Paul II said to, to Father Frank, then write a check to Priest for Life. Jesse, your final thoughts? Okay, so I lost him. You there? Yeah, the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. You're back on. Okay. Father, people want to know if uh, if you're if you're still offering the holy sacrifice of the mass every day. Well, you know, this is one of the things that 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 now uh, I, I've received no instructions. Yeah, you said uh, soon about, about what written. this means. Yeah, it's like it's like they're leaving me in limbo. Like yeah. I know oh I can still gosh. I know I can still say mass. You are a priest forever, right? Yeah, I mean, the yeah. Eucharist sure. the Eucharist will come about if I offer it. But it's like, hey guys, why are you leaving me out here in limbo land? You know, but that's what they want to do. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to give me clear guidance. They want to leave it in limbo, and then they want me to. These are my enemies now. They want me to do something, and then they can complain about yeah. some more later. You listen. This is not over. You know what some of them want to do? They want to excommunicate me altogether. Yeah. They and they also want you to get angry and not use your supernatural faith to deal with this. That's exactly right. They're trying to get your lower nature to do something stupid. And you know what, Father? It ain't going to work. I know. I know you well enough. And, And Father, you know what? Because you haven't got anything in a letter written, can you give our listeners a blessing, please? Yes. Well, may the Lord bless all of you and strengthen you to advocate for the unborn, mm-hmm. uh, for the freedom of the church, uh, and for the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Amen. Thanks be to God. God is good, Jess. Yes. Wow. You've been, you've been listening to America's best loved pro-life priest, exactly. Father Frank Pavone. Father, we love you. You're in our prayers, and uh, you're going to get a nice donation from uh, two households. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully many more. Yeah, hopefully many, many more, more people right there. Yeah. And Jesse, I want to also remind everybody, this most important thing for Father Frank, for Jess Romero, Terry, all of our listeners, what state should we be living in, Let's brother? all live in a state of sanctifying grace. Do not live in a state of mortal sin. If you if, uh, if you need to go to confession, you know what you got to do. Do it ASAP. Pick up your rosary every day and pray it and offer a decade every day for priests for life until uh, we, we get resolution to this unjust uh, situation here. This is a Catholicism's January 6th moment. There. Remember, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Now's the time for those prayers and sacrifices. May God richly bless you and your family. Thanks again for supporting Priests for Life.